Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello, welcome to episode seven of the podcast. Today is Thursday. I'm recording this episode and uploading it today because I'll be totally honest. I don't have a particular day for putting out the podcast. Things have been a little bit all over the place with the recording. I am just doing this podcast for fun, so I don't have a specific day that it's going out. Uh, I also still have loads of the celebrity interviews to record and I have lots of things lined up. So there is still loads more to come. But thank you so much for the amazing feedback so far. And I know people have been sending me messages going, what day is the podcast out? I need my fix. Um, We are really getting stuck into the teenage diary stuff. As I had told you before, I kind of need to build up a relationship with you. And that is, you know, you kind of need to know the background of me before we get into teen me. And I've been going through and typing up the scripts for future episodes. And honest to God, if like, wait till you hear the stuff that's coming up. I I think when I was a teen, there's some element of me that might have been a serial killer or something. Like it's to the levels of craziness that I am absolutely obsessed with some guys and it's just it's shocking but it's shocking but it's comedy gold and that is the most important thing looking back on those teenage years and cringing but laughing at it finding the humor in it not taking it seriously and just remembering how intense those years were that everything was a matter of life and death and oh god this is just some absolute gold and speaking of gold for those of you who follow my instagram uh, my handle is at jules call picks j-u-l-e-s my surname call c-o-l-l picks i've been putting up loads of retro pictures from the 90s and things that you know I'm going to be 40 this year. So anybody who would remember really well childhood throughout the 80s and 90s in particular. Oh, there's an airplane going overhead. Hope you can't hear that. Anyway, 
Um, so you all went bananas in particular for a few different things. Um, the Elves and the Shoemaker book from Lady Bird. Um, I've just put up a few pictures on Instagram today of pictures from the inside of the book. And honestly, oh, my heart just burst when I saw them. I was like, oh, the memories. Look at the little elves. And I remembered the story and it brought it all back to me. It's just they're adorable. So there's loads of retro pics up on my Instagram you know, pictures of the Babysitter Club books. You all went mad as well for the Toffos. Now, as far as I know, I shouldn't be promoting sugar because it's so bad for you. But I think Toffos are still available. I'm not sure, but loads of people were, were remembering the minty Toffos. And when I think of Toffos, I just think of Father Ted and that episode with, do you remember John and Mary who ran the shop, the couple who hated each other? And they'd be like, get them fucking crunchies out of the back of the car. And, uh, they were having a fight and Father Ted walked into the shop and they, you know, we used to put on that front going, oh, hello, Father, will you have a packet of Toffos? That's what I always think of. And oh, my God, I've just had another complete flashback because I haven't got to that part in my diary yet. Oh, my God, there is a packet. I'm going to actually film this now and put it on my Instagram story. There is a, a packet of Toffos stuck into one of my diaries because a guy bought me a packet of Toffos for 20p and I was so in love with them. I was like, oh my God, I kept the wrapper and glued it into the diary. Oh my God. So in this episode, we are kicking into all of the teen diary stuff. Boys, boys, boys. Mum has written this about me in my baby book. It's 1994, so it was the summer that I went from the age of 14 to 15. And she says, This year you have become very close to your cousins Debbie and Renee. You seem to have a lot in common, i.e. horses, music and boys. You have been spending all summer hanging out with Gordon and Daniel, who live next door to Auntie Anne. Daniel, it seems, fancied you and you were completely taken aback. This was your first brush with boys. You drew insulting caricatures of them and stuck them up in the local shop window. Daniel and Gordon went mad and phoned here to threaten you, but you weren't too worried. Mike and I thought it was all moving too fast, so we had a chat with you. You thought we were so five minutes ago and not living in the now. And you said, Mom, I have to learn by my mistakes. Oh, you've grown up so much this year and we know it's the beginning of bigger things. We just hope you don't get hurt by some little jerk. Ah, the summer of Daniel and Gordon. How could I forget? They lived next door to my cousins and spent most of their day kicking a rugby ball up in the air. In order to get their attention, we too started kicking a rugby ball while shouting, I can kick it higher, over the hedge. I mean, what boy doesn't react to a good challenge, eh? The exchanges eventually led to a meeting through the gap in the bush where flirting began. Daniel, the more outspoken of the two, was sallow and skinny with dark hair and silent Gordon had Wayne's World style shoulder length black hair and a beard. They were both a year older than me and I found neither of them attractive. But I didn't care. They were boys. Boys I could talk to. Our initial encounters involved a lot of joshing and slagging, but it soon turned to attraction. I didn't fancy Daniel. He was such a nerd. Yet he made me laugh. 
and he used to write me long, hilarious letters. And I found myself thinking about him all the time and putting huge effort into my spectacular reply correspondence. Oh God, Jules, you totally don't fancy him, do you? No, I so totally do not. I would tell my in-denial self. Here's an excerpt from one of 16-year-old Daniel's letters to me to show you what sort of a teenage male I was dealing with. A salute to those known by the name of Jules. My watch is presently showing 0037, which means that I should be in bed. The last two days have been more action-packed than an episode of Neighbours, brackets, a Grundig production. I am now banned from two houses, which are less than a mile from each other. Wicked! I'm banned from Anne's because I made a wanking gesture at Renee. And I'm banned from Sean's because I set off the house alarm and had the cops up there twice in half an hour. Well, you know what they say, when the shit goes down, you better be ready. Twice I complained about my summer being sadly boring, but now it's gone stupidly the opposite. Dig this. In the space of four days, I have met the cops three times, drank 30 pints of bud, got kicked out of two humble abodes, got sick seven times, wasted £120 on nothing, had no showers, still haven't, and had to change my sheets 17 times. Brackets, it's not what you think. I forgot to tell you what happened on Sunday, so I'd better spray some more ink on the page. At one o'clock, myself and Gordon went up to Sean's house with 20 bottles of Budweiser. He wouldn't let us drink it in his house, so instead we brought it all up to a cool waterfall place beside his gaff and emptied our scents into 6.6 litres of glass bottles. About two hours after that, we emptied our stomachs into the river. Super mega hurl. At about four o'clock, back at Sean's house, I accidentally set off his panic alarm. It was kudostic. It sort of looked like Lautrec's disco when it was activated. Red, green and blue lights were flashing all over the gaff. The movement sensors were bleeping like hell. And lasers were scanning across the floor. And six high-powered sirens were blasting a very monotonous tone in my direction. Wicked! Then we heard the cops coming, so Gordon and I jumped through the kitty flap and broke the world record for the one-mile sprint brackets, vehicles included. Gordon couldn't quite break the sound barrier like me. He was laden down with empty bud bottles. When we got back to Gordon's, we spewed a few more times and then watched reruns of Baywatch. Oh God, that is what I was dealing with. For the laugh one day, I decided to put felt-tip marker to paper and drew two very unflattering caricatures of Daniel and Gordon and convinced Billy, the local newsagent owner, to let me put them up in the window of the shop. We waited with bated breath for their reaction, and they, of course, went spare. The following day, Daniel shouted over the hedge, and he called me holster hips. This cut to the core. I figured I must have looked like I was smuggling two concrete blocks down the side of my knickers. I was already conscious of my changing teenage body and my now fully developed womanly hips, which had recently shot out like boomerangs covered in even more stretch marks. 
I was a slim size 10 with B-cup boobs, a small waist and curvy hips. A figure I now look back on and see that it was absolutely gorgeous. If only I could go back now and tell myself that I should have been strutting around in a bikini even when it was snowing. But I was so self-conscious as I graduated from child to woman that I kept it all under the wraps of baggy clothes which, lucky for vulnerable teenage me, were the height of fashion in the 90s. I was well able to dish out the slaggings in my uncomplimentary caricatures, but I soon realised I couldn't take the cheap shots when they were boomeranged back in my face. I hated Daniel for that comment. Nobody had ever criticised my body or appearance before, and it made me even more self-conscious. It's mad, isn't it, how one passing comment from someone can stay ingrained in your mind for the rest of your life. Myself and my cousins decided to snub Daniel and Gordon from then on. Yes, I was always thinking about him. He had completely seduced me. The absolute bastard. The first disco I'd ever attended was in a rugby club and it was a major letdown. It was too packed and I got chewing gum in my hair, so we had to leave early. During school term, it was difficult to convince mum to let me to go to discos. So, conniving little fox that I was, I would write letters to mum to persuade her to let me attend. Well, I gave her no other option but to say yes. 1995, age 15, I wrote this. Dear mum, I decided to write you a little letter as a token towards our mother-daughter bonding relationship. Well, I may as well get straight to the point. You see, the thing is, I was talking to Renee on Tuesday and apparently there is a big Latrex disco on this Saturday. And I was doing a bit of calculating using my top quality skills in maths. And the last time I was in Latrex was January 21st, which was six weeks ago. And in that six weeks, I've only been out to Bective last weekend and I'm really annoyed I cleaned the kitchen and wasted the credit on that kip. So I really haven't been out a lot. Renee and Debbie have talked to Anne who says it's okay, they're allowed to go and they were begging me to come to Latrex because it just isn't the same without me. Who's going to dance the Man United song with Deb and who's going to do their Latrex walk with Renee? Sure, if I was in on Saturday night, I'd just watch gladiators and blind dates, same as usual. It's not like we do anything special. And, quote from you this morning, Thank God I don't get any hassle from you, Jules. I don't really ask for much. I'll help you do another blitz cleaning job on some other room in the house, as payment if you want. Thanks for being a great mum and always listening to my side of the argument. Kiss, 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 hug, 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 Jules. And then at the end of the letter, I've asked mum to tick a box and here are the options. Yes. Okay. Certainly. Definitely. Alrighty then. Sure. Of course. Go on then. You deserve it, my no-hassle daughter. And most positively, yes. The local disco Latrex in Greystones was the place to be that summer. I went with Debbie and Renee one night in all our 90s lycra and sequins finery with glittery blue eyeshadow to match. My Auntie Anne dropped us off and when we pulled into the car park up to 90 with excitement, noises came from the rear of the SUV and out popped Daniel and Gordon who had hitched a ride by hiding in the boot. 
They thought we'd be delighted to see them, but we just looked at them with disgust, rolled our eyes a la Cher in Clueless and teetered off into the club. I found myself making eyes with Daniel across the disco for the night. Eventually, he plucked up the courage to come over. As soon as I saw him approaching, I immediately flicked my hair, folded my arms and looked the other way. Jules, why won't you talk to me? What have I done wrong? He asked. Don't give me that. You know exactly what you did, I exclaimed. Baffled, he replied. I actually don't. I have no clue. Can you please tell me? I swished my hair around and said, Eh, hello? You called me holster hips, you absolute asshole. I did, he replied. Yes, you did. And I am so not speaking to you ever again because of it. Now, can you please stand out of the way because you're blocking me from the view of all the guys who want to ask me to dance? That would be no one. Well, what about the caricature you did of me? You drew me with mountains of dandruff on each shoulder and little men skiing down them. Um, that was for comedy value. It was a cartoon drawing, not a portrait, I said with the utmost defensive attitude. Look, Jules, I'm sorry for calling you holster hips. I don't even remember saying it. You have lovely hips. Will you forgive me? He asked. I paused and then replied while not making eye contact. Yeah, okay then. I flicked my hair again and continued to look anywhere but in his eyes. And are you going to apologise for my caricature? He inquired. I grunted and rolled my eyes. Yeah, whatever. Okay, I'm sorry. Are you happy now, you total smeghead? Jules, will you dance with me? Nobody had ever asked me to dance at the three discos I'd attended. The slow set was on, and before I knew it, he was holding my hand and walking me onto the dance floor. My expression must have answered yes. I'd say I looked like a lost sheep in sequins. The song was Move Closer by Phyllis Nelson. Daniel rested his hands on my holster hips and I put my hands on his dandruffy shoulders and we slow danced. We were like two Frankensteins in love. Oh my God, I am touching a boy. We are actually physically touching each other. This is amazing. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Immediately after that, we were apparently boyfriend and girlfriend. I became really shy, awkward and introverted around him. My previous ability to be myself and make him laugh with my cutthroat slagging disappeared. 
I'm not sure why this happened. He remained the same as always around me. Maybe I thought it was too good to be true, so I was trying to prevent myself from messing it up. Eventually, we knew our relationship had to connect further than holding hands and slow dancing, and we both knew when it was going to happen. The following week, he was my date for my uncle's 40th birthday, which was being held in a function room in the Royal Marine Hotel in Dunleary. I deliberated for hours as to what I should wear and decided in the end to go for a white belly top with a blue checkered maxi dress over it, a black choker and desert boots. The epitome of 90s style. I looked just like Tia and Tamara. We snuck out of the party halfway through to go for a walk down the pier. Again, my usual boisterous self was suppressed by reticence. Thankfully, he took the lead and we stopped by the yachts and turned to face each other. Oh God, this was it. We are going to kiss. Finally, I'm going to lose my snogging virginity. Prepare the fireworks. I was shaking with nerves. He leaned forward and we pressed our lips together. I've done it. I've kissed a boy. I wanted to pause and run off and tell all the girls in school immediately. The kiss continued and I couldn't wait for it to develop into a proper French kiss, which it punctually did. And I thought to myself, oh, I bet I look just like the sexy people in Hollywood movies right now. This is going to be epic. But as we opened our mouths and began tongue twisting, I waited for this magic feeling to happen. But it didn't. Is this it? I wondered. Seriously, this isn't very exciting at all. And why isn't my leg popping up? It doesn't taste like I'd imagined. All this time I've been anticipating this moment and it turns out to be a sloppy tongue sandwich. Snogging is so overrated. Ugh. It went on for a few minutes and I broke away when it didn't improve. I couldn't foresee tonsil tennis becoming a new hobby of mine. What a disappointment. I broke it off with poor Daniel shortly afterwards, bitterly underwhelmed by the experience of kissing. I wondered if sex was going to be just as crap. After my summer of disenchantment, I returned to school and told the girls all about my snogscapade with Daniel and, of course, made it out like it was so lascivious and passionate that we had to resist breaking into one of the nearby yachts to make sweet love to each other. It was transition year and I'd been really looking forward to it as it meant less curricular and more practical learning like first aid skills and trips away. But more importantly, we got to do the school musical West Side Story with the local school CBC Monkstown. Boys, yes. Maybe I could find a boy there to do lustful things with. Fantastic. I was going to nail that audition, get the main part, and then all the guys would fall in love with me. I knew I could sing, mind you, I'd only ever sung for myself, but I was sure the echo in my shower was similar to that of a professional recording studio, and I know if any hotshot record producers had happened to be casually strolling past my bathroom, then surely I would have been signed up on the spot. All jokes aside, I can actually sing. I'm no Adele now, but I could have got a lead part in the musical if I hadn't let the nerves get the better of me. I practised I Feel Pretty until I had it nailed. I was going to go in there and blow their faces off with my powerful voice, snatch the lead role, and then all the boys would want a slice of my slice. 
I was feeling confident on the day, but when I was called into the hall for my audition, adrenaline crystallised my blood and I froze. The guy began playing the piano. I opened my mouth and honestly, a sparrow with laryngitis would have sung louder than me. It just wouldn't come out. I panicked and that made it worse. This is why I have to eat the cushions now watching auditionees on The X Factor. I was raging with myself afterwards. My big, powerful voice had been muted by my stupid nerves. When the parts were announced, I was cast as Hot Dog Girl. Meaning, I stood in the background pretending to be a 1950s hot dog vendor. Yay! Well, that's going to have the fellas jipping their jocks for me, isn't it? (sighs) I still had a great time doing the musical and a lot of boy flirting took place. It was a hormonal storm during rehearsals. After our three-night run, the highly anticipated disco was taking place in the hall. Everyone was out to try and lob the gob. I decided I was going to give spit swapping a second chance, just to see if it was Daniel that had made it a disappointing experience. I told Mags, I don't care who asks me, I'm just saying yes. Fortunately, Marcus, a hottie from fifth year, asked me to dance. He was a total ride. Oh yeah, break me off a piece of that. Our slow dance did that typical teenage manoeuvre. His hands on my hips, my hands on his shoulders. And as the song goes on, we inch forward until we're chest to chest and ear to ear. Then we go into reverse gear as our heads inch backwards until we're cheek to cheek, signalling that it's time for mouth to mouth. This time it was different. The boy's got skills, I thought to myself. Now this type of tongue wrestling I like. The kiss went on forever. At one point, we had backed into a radiator. A boiling, hot radiator. And it was burning the shit out of my back. But I somehow managed to endure it for the sake of not wanting this magical snoggery to end. But our passion came to an abrupt halt when the music stopped and the main lights came on, revealing all the boys' boners and all the girls' panda eyes. Marcus and I said goodbye and Max came over to me. Jules, he was gorgeous. She stopped. Jules, what's up with your top? I looked at her quizzically. What? I looked down at my grey t-shirt top and I didn't see anything strange initially. And then I noticed that there was a two-inch wet semicircle around the neck of my top. Oh my God, Mags, get my coat, please, quick. Mags darted off to find my jacket. Oh, I still remember it. Bottle green denim with a lamb's wool collar. Thank God Mags was there to save me from the mortification of anyone noticing that Marcus and I had drooled so much during our two-hour snog that shockingly gave neither of us lockjaw and it had dribbled all down my neck. Gross, I know. But only me it could happen to. Only flippin' me. Mags arrived back in seconds with my coat, which I quickly fastened up to the top button. Um, Jules, you need to check your makeup in the mirror too, she told me. What? I sprinted like Linford Christie on speed towards the bathroom and found my face in the mirror. I looked like I had Michael Jackson disease because Marcus had eaten off all my foundation around the bottom of my face. Cheers, Marcus. Cheers. Hungry, were you? 
Did your mother not feed you dinner before you came out? No. Thankfully, I had more slap in my bag and I managed to patch up my pash-rashed face. Phew! Still though, tonight was a result as snogging was back in my good books. In fact, it was my new favourite thing. And in the next episode, I'll tell you all about that logbook of snogs. Um, my book was called My Hymn Book from Miss Selfridges. And uh, I used to write in name, age, school, um, give them marks out of 10 for looks, snogability. I had logged the colour of their hair, the colour of their eyes, what he was wearing, what I was wearing. And then I would write an account of how we got together. It's just absolute madness at Comedy Gold. So in future episodes, I'll be reading out your teenage diary entries. If you want to send them to me, all the details again are on my website, julescall.com. You can be public or anonymous. You can take photos of them and send them to me or type them up or record them as a voice note. Whatever it is, all the details are up there just so we can share the cringe and share the laughs. Um, Also, I've got lots of celebrity interviews lined up and they will be coming to you in the next few weeks. That's all for now. I'm your host, Jules Call, and this is the Cringe Binge Podcast, My 90s Teenage Diary, brought to you by Acast, home of the world's best podcasts.